and welcome to the Irish Writers Podcast. It's Maura here, and we're with Kate. Hi. Um, and we're missing Cathy today. She is uh, off still on her maternity leave, looking after <laughs> a small baby, which I'm sure is a total dos. <laughs> <laughs> today we're just going to talk about, I've got a few updates to, um, you know, the stage I'm at with my book and the book release. Um, and Kate's going to talk a little bit about where she's at and her new exciting book project. Um <laughs> We're also going to talk about book covers and the whole uh, Terry Goodkind scandal about the book covers that happened over the last few weeks as well. So enjoy. My book news is that I do have a release date, which is for impending yeah. soon, which I am unprepared for. Uh, 8th <laughs> of May, After the World, will be out on the 8th of May. It's, it's, I think it's about 100 pages. I haven't seen the printing proof yet, but it's about 100 mm-hmm. pages long, so yeah. it's not, it's not, it's no, it's no Kate's book. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Aha, yeah, um, beware. Beware. And, and if you're, obviously, if you're in Ireland, I'll do, I'll be doing a launch event. It probably won't be in May. <laughs> because, <laughs> frankly, I, it's April already, and I have not done any organization for it. We'll see. We'll see if we can do May. No, I'd, anyway. I'd, I'd almost, you know... Beginning of June. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But it, there definitely will be, um, you know, and yeah, we'll, we'll have an... I, I feel yeah. like feel, feel like our podcast family could be invited to that event yes, um, as well. So, yeah, so that's my book stuff. The other thing, and you'll, you'll hear it next on the podcast, is that we, we talked with um, Lawrence Byrne from the Dublin Writers Conference, which is coming up in June. Um, which is, uh, a, you know, you can you can check it out. I think it's called DublinWritersConference.ie, I think is where you'll find it. It's actually really well priced. It's 100 euro for two days and, and some fantastic speakers um, at it. And we will be there, or at least the podcast will be there <laughs> in probably the form of me. But um, if you want to come talk to us about writing, uh, and you're in Dublin around the conference. You can you can drop us an email, um, or you can find me in person. Uh, I'll make sure yeah. I'm wearing some sort of something recognizable or something like <laughs> get it tattooed to my head or something like a that. A raspberry beret, <laughs> the kind you find just a smile in a secondhand store. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so if you want to come around and always remember we are always talking about writers becoming authors so you don't need to be a published author to talk to us we love talking about process and and yeah. um if you're kind of in the weeds or if you're thinking of ideas and that kind of thing we'll we're happy to talk to you about your process so so come find us if you're yes. there um and we will be happy to talk to you and we're looking forward to the conference anyway as well i'm hoping i'm hoping i'll get amazing <laughs> tips for selling my book <laughs> <laughs> more than panicking at the last minute before it comes out right um but i did also get my author photo in the last yeah time you did yes. yeah i did i got a um, wonderful photographer um thomas from from day in life i think is his but i, I tweeted it um and he really did a fantastic he, yeah. job of making me feel less awkward about the whole thing yeah um and he's just was really was really nice experience like he just came and had a chat with me and then took photos of me while we were talking which is less weird than it sounds you know um it's certainly less weird than me standing awkwardly not knowing what to do with my face yeah yeah. it looks like a really it's a great photo i I think it's really good as well um and I always hate every photo of me so I think he did a great job and it looks (laughs) like me that was the thing that I really Mm -hmm. I kept saying and the interaction I kept having with photographers when I was looking to book them I was like please resist I am I'm a fat spotty woman I'm okay with that <laughs> you know please resist the urge to make me look thin and like 
you know, like I have perfectly clear skin or, you know, because I, I just want to look like myself. Like that was the thing. I will mm. obviously me on a good day, not me, not me as I look right now, but me on a good day. But still, I don't want to have like someone see my author photo and then meet me and be like, this is not the same person. Mm. Now, obviously, part of me wants that. Part of me wants to look like, you know, a glamorous, mm. ethereal creature that with perfect hair. And, um, you know, but I don't look like that. So, uh, yeah, so it was that was a really good good thing to do. That's on my website now as well, mm-hmm. morebook.com. So I've removed the picture where I had took it in a toilet, a mirror toilet that was there <laughs> for a long time. Um, but it's a good picture. That picture was a good picture. <laughs> it's really funny. Like, there was just walls of mirrors in this toilet. So it's a picture of, like, 300 of me. <laughs> I replaced it with my professional photo, um, but yeah, I certainly would recommend him if you were mm-hmm. if you were looking if you're a little bit scared of having your 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 photo taken yeah. by a professional. Yeah, that that, that he yeah. does a really yeah. good job at making you at ease and yes, and human and human. Yeah, who, who yeah, be, you know, I do like reading books by humans. <laughs> I mean, I, enjoy I, I don't know if I've experienced reading books by non-humans, yeah. but maybe I just don't know. It's hard to tell. Uh, but in the publishing process, I have, yes, I've gotten the bit before the proof. So the bit uh-huh. that's like, now it's time to, because when you submit to a publisher, some of them ask you for various things like a pitch and stuff to go on the back cover and a profile of you. And obviously my my what I said to them the two lines I said about myself were very much geared at like I know how to write so read what I've written mm-hmm. and so I had to rewrite the profile to be back over a book kind yeah, of yeah. thing which was a bit um weird and then you have to promote yourself kind of way well I think you have this little snippet about yourself that sounds interesting mm-hmm. you know and I think I um you know and because obviously most writers are not full-time writers they do something else you have to kind yeah. of like some people obviously have great jobs completely related to their writing I mm. do not and so I had to kind of do a um a version of my profile that was like snippy and and then acknowledgements for the book as well and I started out by thinking could I just write down that this book was raised by wolves and leave it at that yeah <laughs> you know so that I had to I had a relatively short turnaround for that for doing those things and then I was like oh I really need to think about that properly because obviously if I don't thank my parents in the book or, so, or leave some yeah. you know Thank your friends in the yeah. Irish Writers Podcast. Yes, I did. Of course oh, I did. Yay. Of course they were my... Because without you guys, the book would never be written. <laughs> so those bits of things I had to do were just stages in the, in the process. Yeah. Um, and they were pretty simple. And actually they had... The publisher sort of slightly revamped my pitch, but it's not that different. Again, I assume that they know what's important yeah. to be oh, on the yeah. back of the book. Um, I would rather somebody else write my pitch yeah well i had it's it's close enough to what i sent them in yeah oh good it's it's um uh, just a few little alterations i think and maybe a hundred page book is easier to yeah oh yeah yeah Yeah, you still have to uh think about what the essence is and it's hard to see it until you're done and then like think about what you want to tell people to make them want to buy it um, certainly at some point I'll come to a podcast prepared with it on me so that I can, yes. I can say it maybe the next podcast I'll do that um, but of course right now I don't have it on me so uh, but that's the stage in the process so the next stage for me which is fast approaching I guess is that I get the proof you know and um, then advance reader copies to get reviewers for, for oh, it so right. that's yeah. part yeah. of 
that's part of the stuff I'm unprepared for right now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, again, I'll talk about that at a later date when yeah. I've done it. <laughs> now, do you know more or less, have your publishers said how much your book will be? No, or? no. I don't no, know that at all. Like ballpark or anything? No, they haven't given me I presume it won't be very expensive because it's a short book, you know, but I have no idea. So we haven't... Yeah had that discussion um or had that like mm-hmm. you know um yeah so uh, another few things i need to get obviously when we have like an isdn isbn isdn number you know the, the that code number that every book has every mm-hmm. publication has one of those i think i need that to set up an author goodreads page and stuff like that oh, okay you know on the amazon page like that has to exist first um for me to sort of like be like okay that's me i'm that author so that's a whole other terrifying area of stuff mm-hmm. that I haven't done at all. So this is this weird phase before um, before well, while I do have a date and it seems very near um, I haven't got everything and I don't know everything and you know. Mm-hmm. But obviously buy my book when it comes y- yes. out. <laughs> if you're listening to this after the, the 8th of May 2018 <laughs> you can probably buy the book at um, in places where books are sold. <laughs> yes, in places where books are I, sold, I hope. probably. <laughs> and more details to follow. But yes, that's my very scatty update. <laughs> my publication story. You're you're at a different stage in your book, aren't you? Uh, yeah. Which one? I've started on a new project. <laughs> the first I one. Can't, uh, yeah, it's on hold. It's on hold, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm... Uh, yeah. I'm sure those of you who have are writing something or have written something, you come to a point where you've edited, and now it's kind of where uh, it's not exactly what I want it to be, but yeah. um, especially you know I'm reading through some books that are really good, a series that I'm really enjoying and thinking. Uh, that's a terrible Mine thing, isn't it? This. You go from like you go from being like, I love books, I love books, I will write my own book, write your own book, and you're like, I hate every book that's good now. Uh, yeah, know? it it does kind of it's a uh-huh. kind of blow to the gut kind of feeling, but I think it's, it's very okay. hard to tell that about your own book. Like it's very hard because you've looked at it so many times, you know. Mm. Like, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I. I I just need to sit down and do do a few things and maybe try to send it out again. Yeah, so it's kind of done though, right? You're like in this done or done-ish kind of thing. Yes, phase. definitely. So you're on to a new book. I'm on to a new book. Is it in the same series? It is in the same series, yeah. and but uh, it takes place in a different time. Okay. So I'm having fun. Okay, good. You're at, the, you're at the fun starting stage. Exactly, and I'm world building, yeah. and I'd like to actually do some real world building before I start writing yeah. more, because I think that's kind of where I... Yeah. I had the kind of the general story happening, <clears throat> and some of the backstory, but I think I'd like to develop more of the world itself yeah. well that's cool which is fun yeah, and nerdy yeah. and yeah. I enjoy that yeah, okay 
but I just I hope I don't get too stuck in it and then never actually never write <laughs> just write it. I'm busy. I'm busy writing an atlas of my world. <laughs> yes, and I love maps. I yeah. like doing that in city planning and. I know those kinds of things. It's terrible. You're like it, <laughs> it, it is just terrible. allows you to sort of indulge your like uh, the parts of your brain that you know really like doing those things. In mm-hmm. But this is something too. Uh, sorry, this is a bit of a an aside. So in this book that I'm reading, I won't tell you what it is, but it's good. Um, so it's it's basically about this assassin, and he like actually assassinates people and things with yeah. horrible poisons and yeah. whatnots and people are after him. Yeah. And And are you on it, his side? Yeah, you are on his side. Even though Yeah. You're kinda thinking, Oh <laughs> why would they make this boy do these things, you know? Um but my 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 book is is very wholesome. <laughs> I don't. I don't uh, have little boys doing poisonous, like putting poison in people's wine. Um, but you know, maybe maybe I need to be more ruthless uh, with with my. Put them through more things. Put them through more things. But then again, I I find it. I don't know about you or. Uh, you readers or listeners, you're not reading this, I hope. Um, yeah, I find it hard to, because as a writer, I'm very highly empathetic, so yeah. I can put myself in the shoes of these people, and I'm thinking, oh, I don't know if I, ah, uh, I find do it, it hard, I do find it hard to write the violence. Because, yeah. you know, in the story, and things happen, and I, I kind of, this is where I'm, I'm dragging my feet right now, because there's kind of quite a, a violent thing that happens to one of the characters, and mm, it's kind of dark. Yeah, I mean, different writers handle it differently. Some of them yeah. cut away from it, you know, so you're not... You don't have to go full George R. R. Martin. No, either, I know, I know, know, but I like you have to describe, you know, like yeah. Uh, well, and enough for the reader to know exactly. Yeah. So anyway, this is testing my abilities as yeah. a writer to tell you enough Im- information that you you know you get the picture. Yeah. But not like uh, Stephen King in you know. Yeah. Or Ian Banks or Ian M. Banks who yeah. describes. Um, very gory things but anyway yeah I got asked um, a friend of mine asked me would the book be suitable for her son yeah and I kind of went it kind of depends and she just said is there sexual violence and I said no there isn't um no. but there is violence there, yeah you know and um yeah I I was writing it was interesting for me because I actually don't like gore like I really mm. don't like gore um I know, and again, I don't think I wrote particularly gory, but there is, I was getting into this quite visceral place actually writing it because it was very um, experiential, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
there's not like, not a lot of violence in all the characters, so it's hard to be, have violence when you have people. Um, but when I was writing the bits where it was very visceral, I think I was a bit detached, not not detached from the character, but not not in the way that I would be, you know, if I watched it on the news or in the work mm-hmm. that I've done looking at humanitarian issues. Mm. Um, but more from a mechanical perspective, like what yeah. would, like, sorry, sorry, sorry <laughs> apologies for this, this next sentence, but if someone else's blood fell in your mouth, what would it taste like? You know, or not fell in your mouth, but was in your mouth for a reason to do with biting oh, <laughs> or something yeah, you know like yes. what would that taste like what would that experientially be like what what are the sensations what are the like you know or if someone was breaking your back mm-hmm. what was you know um and I think a lot of it was the space that I was writing like I was trying to write something more emotional and more centered on sensation mm-hmm. which I think the writing that I'd done before that hadn't been and so yeah. Like, I think I was just in that space of, like, what would that feel like? And a lot of the book, there are, like, descriptions of feelings mm-hmm. or experiences that are, um, yeah, not violent, just not normal, everyday stuff that you might not mm-hmm. describe. Um, so I, I kind of, it's, it's oddly in the same, it's oddly in the yes. same place in my head yeah. that, like, uh, in, in writing mm-hmm. that, you know, but I wouldn't, like, they're just, there are periods of violence and it's not just not particularly violent compared to a lot of the shit that I've read that I'm like, oh, why? Why yeah, did you write why? that? <laughs> um, How did your mind dream that up? Yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah I think. It's, but it, it probably yeah. is a little bit different. I mean, it might have also been, I was writing from the first person. Mm-hmm. So first person is all experiential. And so... Whereas when you're writing, and it's so stupid because obviously you're doing everything to your character as a writer. Obviously you are. <laughs> it's not that we, but I saw this argument on Facebook about between people who were like, oh, my characters keep getting myself into trouble. And people are like, how stupid are you? You're in control of your characters. Mm-hmm. But we are and we aren't. And um, like, obviously you do things to your character. Obviously everything that happens to your character, the writer did it to them. Exactly. But in the third person, yeah. I think it feels more like you're doing it to them than in the first person where they are walking through a world mm-hmm. and things are happening to them. I don't It feels yeah. a little bit different. Yeah. Um, I, I see. Yeah. I don't really write in first person. No, I mean, like I just, just this book is in mm-hmm. the first person. So it, I think but this it, book that I'm reading yeah. is in first person. Yeah. So, it's um. I wonder. I wonder. Would that change if you were writing it from the first person? Would you feel as like? Yeah, I probably no. It, it, because yeah, I might not be. Um, feel I, I might not feel just bad, as bad because. Yeah, yeah you're kind of going through it with them at, through their eyes. Yeah. Whereas in the third person, you're the god of the world. Oh man, and you're like, okay, sorry, sorry for doing this. Okay. But how would you cope with locusts? Here are some locusts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, oh. a, it's a funny um, relationship um, that the characters take, I think, you know. Mm-hmm. And we get attached to them, I think we do, but yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, th- I think in this latest project, I'm dragging my feet with this this particular scene, and it's like the first, it's the first chapter, 
Yeah, second chapter. So it, it happens and early it's, on. It's interesting, though, that it's challenging you. Like, hmm. for for hmm. a follow-on novel, you know, I mean, obviously they're challenging yeah. in all sorts of different ways, but it's interesting you're coming across this that you probably didn't come across. Although, that was a fair bit of beatings and shootings and stuff like that in here. Oh, yeah, there's, I mean, obviously there's, yeah. there's stuff that happens, but... Um, not, not, mm. It's not that visceral. Mm-hmm. Like, this is just pure, just mean, just <laughs> evil. <laughs> um, yeah, I've, I've found it interesting that I'm, I'm struggling with it because when, okay, so I think, um, I've described before that when I'm, uh, the ideas kind of pop into my head as, and I see them as like I would a film. Mm. So when I'm seeing the scene, I see it, you know, and it just takes like a split second, but yeah. I, I feel like I have to go back and yeah. like put it on pause so that I'm describing everything that happens. And, you know, when it happened, like when, you know, I first thought of this thing and, oh, it had to be this way because... Yeah. She would escape otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um and she had to stay put. Um but then and I I thought, yeah, that's pretty awful, but I didn't really stop to think, oh gosh. Yeah. This is yeah, do I how do I write that? Yeah. How do I describe that? Anyway, and then eventually, if you do read it, then you'll be like, what are you talking about? It's fine. After having read, like, Game of Thrones and, <laughs> sorry, A Feast for Crows, let's just, let's just say that one. That one's the worst violent of all of this. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I mean, after reading that, mm. but, but, no, I mean, as an author, I've, as a writer, I've, yeah, I just find it hard yeah. to, to be writing about those things that are yeah I don't think it's easy either yeah. I don't and again I, I'm not sure that I want to write about how much I want to write about that because there's so much of it out there so yeah you're 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 don't want to torture your characters but you're doing it anyway uh, yeah yeah sorry really sorry I did. I mean, I did when I was writing the novella. Had the what? What is the worst thing that could happen to this character right now? I did. Have that. That's one of the writing prompts. That's quite useful. It is a writing prompt. Yeah. And and you th- you up the ante with yeah. how, you know. And I see this in, um, well, if you watch the Walking Walking Dead. I like, haven't. For I watched the first season. Anyway, <laughs> it's like oh yeah, they're 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 getting along just fine. Nope. And it gets worse and worse and worse, and it seems like, how are they going to get out of this? And then, or they put them in situations that are really tough, and and so the character, I don't know, you see the character and their decisions, and and it makes it, you know, an exciting thing to watch, so... uh, I find it useful yeah. as well when you're like with a character and you kind of hit the I don't know what will happen next or I don't know and then you kind of go oh, what's the worst thing that could happen? Mm-hmm. If what you if are... you like you know their motivation? Yeah, and you know the thing that they want most, and you're like, what if you put them just in reach of it and you take it away from them, <laughs> <laughs> and then you take away their dog? <laughs> and... 
<laughs> I'm curious now about this, how it's challenging you. I think that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. You know. We'll see how, how it works. Um, I don't think I will get it right the first time, and maybe not even the fifth time. But hopefully, hopefully, yeah, it will get easier. Okay. So I'm here today with Lawrence O'Brien talking about the Dublin Writers' Conference. Lawrence, can you just tell us about, about the conference? Hi, everybody. It's great to be here, and it's great to be on this podcast. One of the best, if not the best, <laughs> writers' podcast in, um, um, in Ireland. Uh, so, the Dublin Writers' Conference is on from the 22nd to the 24th of June this year. This is our fourth event, and we run from Friday afternoon at 2 o'clock until Sunday lunchtime. And amazingly, it's the only writers' conference that is a conference aimed at writers, which is on in Dublin. And we have speakers on the Friday afternoon from the industry, people like David Gochran, the guru on digital marketing who's published a variety of books and is quoted internationally in all of these areas. And we have other people from the industry, a, um, an agent from the UK coming over on Friday. And on Saturday, we have writers speaking. It's all about writers speaking um, um, uh, on the Saturday morning. And then we have more interesting speakers on the Saturday afternoon. Rather than me go through the whole list, you can go to dublinwritersconference.com and see all the amazing speakers. And we have a Hollywood producer who will be taking pictures and a great workshop session all day Saturday, which is on the Algonquian method. Um, some writing teachers are coming over from the States for that. So it's all really exciting. And that's the first time that particular method has come over, has come out of America. And this all goes back to my experience of going to writers' conferences in America, which were just amazing. The most amazing weekend, spending your whole time with writers in from Friday afternoon to Sunday. And we so hope you what enjoy. So what are the dates again? The dates that? again are June the 22nd to the 24th. It should be nice weather here in Dublin. <laughs> it's in the Plaza Hotel, which is just beside the Gresham. We also have a room in the Gresham Hotel. The Plaza Hotel is just on the side of the Gresham so Hotel in O'Connell Street. Right in the centre. Right in the centre. And the Lewis is now open, oh, so it's really easy to get to. So what, what are you most excited about, about the conference? What's your like big thing that you're looking forward to? I'm getting uh, my Michael Neff, I went to a conference uh, in the States, right, uh, at the Algonquin Conference. You can look that up. And the fees were like $1,000 or almost $1,000. I think it was 950 So we're giving people, if you sign up for our €58 Euro, uh, a session on the Saturday or come for the whole weekend, it's really low cost, um, 98 If you come for the weekend, you're getting a good part of what they were delivering for $1,000. And I was found that amazing. Uh, I went through the um, Algonquin Method thing in the States, and I just found the whole thing amazing. For looking at your story, the idea of how do you look at your story to pitch it to different types of people, such as an agent, uh, a publisher, or the readers, if you're putting it up yourself on Amazon. And taking apart your story to look at what are the things that will most appeal to the readers. Sometimes we get it stuck in our minds. Oh, I think I put it, the description or the pitch in this way, but we need other people. So Paula Munier, who is a an agent, an actual agent from Boston, is coming over, and Michael Neff, 
um, who's been running these conferences for about a dozen years in the States. He's coming over. So that's the most exciting thing. And I think it'll be really exciting. But there's lots of other stuff too. So do go to DublinWritersConference.com and join us. You'll be very welcome. It's not about us and them at our conference. It's about all the writers mixing with each other. And it's also there's also the big thing of the camaraderie and building relationships with other writers and making connections. Okay, that's brilliant. The podcast will be there, so hopefully we'll see you there at it. So we're just here today, and we're going to talk a little bit about book covers, probably most specifically fantasy book covers. Yeah, good. Um, yeah, so a couple of, couple of co- coincidental things about book covers happened, well, in my life, as it <laughs> my, revolves around me totally. Um, so the day I got my book cover was the same day as the Terry Goodkind book cover oh, Scandalo. God. So uh, those of you in Book World probably saw this because it kind of went all around the place. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I, I suppose it was interesting for me because in the process of dealing with my my publisher about my book cover, like, he's he's very established author, right? Right. I am not. Um, my publisher still asked me for my opinion. Yes. You know? And you got to see it before actually. Well, I t- it's not that I got. I think I saw the finished product. It's not out yet, obviously, but obviously you do see it before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, they said, "Oh, we're next stage. We're looking at his book covers. Um, do you have any opinions?" Mm-hmm. So, I kind of thought a bit about it, and I think I asked you, "What yeah. was your favorite book cover?" And yeah, you know. and I sent you some yeah some photos of my favorite book covers. Yeah. Um, and they and tend I did to not have people. Yeah, and I'm them. the same. Yeah, I I would did some digging and looked at kind of what jumped out at me and what I liked, and um, it's very hard to dissociate it actually from a book that you know. Right. Um, but I think we were of the same opinion. Like of the fantasy books, mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. they take kind of more or less two strands. Like they're either like very busy with lots of people on them. Yeah. Or they're sort of like conceptual or something. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and so. I kind of, I said that to the publisher, I said, I actually prefer ones that are not that busy, not that, and I, mm-hmm. I like that I sent yeah. a few, um, the book covers that I liked, um, to them, you know, so I wasn't sure, you know, what would come, no, come what would come back at all, actually, um, and I was really pleased with what came back, yeah, like, I am too, yeah, I'm, it's really nice, I really like it a lot, so the cover is, and, and, uh, it'll be out in a few weeks, so you'll see it then. But it's 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 green and it looks weathered like an old book, which mm-hmm. is something I really like. Um, and it has a shield the on shield, the front. Yeah, the shield is really yeah. cool. I like it. Yeah. So it's um. But I had a really funny conversation with my parents, um, because I showed them the book cover. Um, and both of them went, "Oh, I don't like that." What? But then I just thought they, they don't, don't read, read those books, <laughs> right? So, yeah, yeah, like my mother, as I, I'm always flagging them and saying, that they, you know, when they say anything's too gritty, I'm like, well, you like nothing better than when a prostitute gets murdered. Like, mm. you know, that kind of um, murder mystery, yeah. not even murder mystery, like thriller kind of books. Mm. Yeah. But um, it was really funny because I was in uh, my room and I picked up um, Game of, A Game of Thrones and said, look how these covers are similar. Now, obviously, they're not the same cover. Right. But they have very similar lettering and um, similarly... The first book, I think it's, it might not be a shield. It might be some other emblem, but it's similar in that it's one piece in the middle. Yeah, I can get it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's on our shelf. But it, I, so it's all that thing about book covers telling you, yeah. telling you the reader of what's inside, exactly. you know. Now, 
I know that some fantasy books have embossed, like a lot of the shields, yeah. they have the covers actually embossed for, well, yeah. that's for yeah, a paperback. Yeah. Is, is, yeah. Will yours be? I have no idea. <laughs> I hope it is. I hope it is. That would be fun. Yeah. Cool. No, I think they often are, actually. Mm-hmm. But, um, mm-hmm. I think mine will only be a small print run, so I don't know what will what it'll look like. I'm just so I was so excited because <laughs> at the same time as this was all going on, I um those of you out there in Book Road might have also listened to John August's launch podcast, which is very informative if you are um thinking of launching a book, releasing a book. Mm-hmm. And he happened to talk about book covers the same week as I was getting requests from my publisher mm-hmm. saying, Well what do you like about book covers? Yeah. And he just very blankly said, You don't get a say. You know, and right. he, and John August is while well, this is his first novel, he's a very established screenwriter and mm. ha, ha, quite famous, and as a result, mm-hmm. you know, has probably the top agent in the area and that kind of thing, right? So same yes. agent as Harry Potter had, right? As uh, he has, course. right? Yeah. So like, um, it made me kind of think, oh, that's interesting. But also, uh, he didn't like the font of his book, and he had it changed. Uh, of the, the book cover, no, or the, the book, book inside. Itself. So like, Gosh, what I kind font of. Is- <laughs> No, it's, listen to the episode. It's really worth listening I, uh, to. I will. I um, will. Yeah. Um, but he, he, he's, a, as he says himself, a font nerd. Because if you're a screenwriting, anyone who's in screenwriting, you write in a courier, which is like the ugliest font. I obviously am a font nerd as well, because I think courier is a really ugly font. <laughs> but it's the industry standard mm-hmm. to do it. And it tells you, because it's ratio of pages right. to time. Right. So he actually made his own font, uh, like... Worked with a font, font designer, word. right? Oh, to come wow. up, and I can't remember. It's called Curry or something. And it has all the same kind of um, width and, you know, spacing as, as Curry, but it's a better font, right? So that's where he's coming from. Hmm. So he hmm. he kind of, I, I definitely listened to the episode, he talks about the fonts that are available. And he said when he, he just hated it and he got them to change it. Like, so I kind of think if he yeah. hated the book cover... I feel they like could've. he could have. No, he really likes his book cover. He's right. It's it, the book is called Arlo Finch in the Valley of Fire, I think, and it's a middle grade book, um, and it is one of those quite busy book covers. But it's also a book for middle grade. Yeah. So it's not. Um, so it's kind. It's quite appropriate. It looks very like it's in the very vein of the Harry Potters and like yeah, that kind okay, of. Yeah. Okay. So kind inviting of to children. Like cartoony or. <clears throat> Yeah, picture-y, it, and it, it pictures a boy on the front of it, and it has some kind of fantasy elements, so you mm-hmm. kind of know what kind of book it is, and okay. who it's aimed at, you yeah. know, um, but I, so when he said, oh, you don't get a say in the book cover, I kind of thought, I feel like if you wanted to have a fight about the book cover, you, you could have done, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe he just, like me, I really liked my book yeah, cover, you know? Yeah, I was really, you know? really happy with yours. So yeah, so that brings us to Terry Goodkind. Terry Goodkind, oh gosh, yeah, yeah. okay, um... Yeah, so the article is. I mean, it was a, there were several articles. It was a Facebook yeah. post. Okay, a Facebook made. post of him. Yeah, so his his new book was out, and I can't remember what it's called. Um, he's a fantasy writer. Uh, uh, Shroud of Eternity. Um, and and the day it came out, he he posted saying that it was a great book with a not so great book cover or something like that. Oh boy. Um, yeah. Uh, I I mean it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> kind of like I've seen a lot worse. Yes, um, I I mean the artwork it, itself is really quite beautiful. I mean, yeah, if yeah. you know, I I kind of agree with you with the book book covers. I tend to 
avoid the ones that have people on them. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, yes. I don't know if I do, though. I, I, because I would prefer if they didn't. Mm-hmm. But nearly every fantasy book that I've ever read or ever, like, there's a there's an edition of it with people on it. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. So, like, I don't Definitely. know whether... Like, I know it's a fantasy book. And mm-hmm. and I think maybe that's an aesthetic choice rather than... But I think, I think the reason why it was quite scandalous was because he seemed to have not engaged with the process at all. No. And chose to sort of throw the cover artist under the bus. Yeah, that was... You know? And then uh, the cover artist, he... Here, let me find his name. De, De Arme. I think I'm maybe not pronouncing it pronouncing it right but um yeah he was just saying you know five years ago with his you know the comments that uh terry goodkind was saying he it would have probably thrown him yeah uh completely off course and and he wouldn't have probably continued but uh but yeah i mean to be so publicly called out by no i know but you know what i think maybe this artist, uh, Dearm, he actually might get a lot more work from this because yeah. people are are kind well, of... Well, they know it's his book cover. Yeah, 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 and they think this is a bit of an injustice. Yeah. So, I mean, man. he just said, look, I get a brief from the publisher. Mm. And that is what happens, like, I think yeah. that the publisher is the person. Because it's not just about the aesthetic choice. The publisher knows what will sell, what's, what tells the people... Right. That this is this kind this of this is their job. Yeah. I mean, so like I, I always think yeah. in those kind of things, I'm not sure what they're going to do, but I'm always like they have a vision or they have a, a set of knowledge that I don't have, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and even and then I mean, I was all over the place, and I think it was Joanne Harris who pointed out, like for someone, particularly an author of his stature, he could have final say on the book cover put into his contract if yeah. he wanted to. Yes. You know. Definitely. Um, yeah. Yeah. And certainly. Certainly, he didn't see the book cover first on that day. He had seen it. He must have seen it long beforehand. Right. As I have seen my book cover about two or three months before publication date. So there's no way an author of that stature didn't get to see his own book cover. Mm-hmm. Um, the other interesting thing about that John August talked about in, in launch is the different book covers for the different um, publication areas. So there's like right. an American book cover, yeah. and a British book cover, yeah, and a Spanish book true. cover, and and that and I think he has somewhere collected them all together, and you can see them on his website. So it's really interesting to see. It just is interesting. I wonder why that that is. Maybe they just want to employ. I don't, people I, or uh, I, I don't, don't know. know. Like I, I always think there's a slightly different. If you're talking about conveying a message to an image, that that message is always going to be slightly different. So it's going to be localized differently. Mm. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I remember seeing the Harry Potter um, covers, the different ones. Yeah, and always wondered why they, you know, why they have different versions. And even in the Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. um, I think one of the the books was split into two books. Yeah, I have. Well, more than one of them, actually, for the paperback yeah. edition. Yeah, for the yeah. paperback. And then... Um, I mean, Harry Potter did the thing with the child cover and the adult cover as well in the same that, area. That's right. You know, so that's right. Yes, I. Mm, yeah, I remember seeing those and thinking, "Oh wow, this." I have such a random. I have all the Harry totally Potter books, but I have some of them are the child edition, and some of them are the adult edition. It was literally <laughs> just what I was in the shop at the time when I bought them. So, it's. Uh, 
It's still the same book. Yeah, yeah. So the thing is, when we were talking about book covers first, I was like, uh, like like that, I know to look at a book and I know whether it's a fantasy book. I know it more, more or less what genre it's in based mm-hmm. on the cover, mm-hmm. which I think is an important message. But, you know, I don't know that I have chosen books because of their cover. No, that's true. I That's not true. I have. I absolutely have. Yeah, um, I have too. But in general, like my favorite books, they're a book, an author that I'm following or that, you know, and with ebooks, you kind of often don't really see the cover, or right? You don't, yeah, it doesn't have as much of a an impact on you know, the wait, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know, but um, I uh, I did spend a long time Google imaging like kind of fantasy book covers, book covers with orcs oh, some, on them. Some are pretty awful. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I definitely found some um really quite hilarious ones mm-hmm. as well. I I mm-hmm. recommend um well maybe maybe not while you're at work. Um, you might look for the book entitled uh, Gay for the Orc Captain, oh, which no. is <laughs> book covers primarily. Well, it's clearly a man, right? You know, <laughs> right? Like a, a man's set of abs, coloured green. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> that made me laugh quite a lot. No. <laughs> so I've seen some really terrible ones, which were quite entertaining to no end. Yeah. Yeah, there's some really entertaining book covers out there. There's a lot of bad Photoshop, in fairness. And bad Photoshop. Yeah. And especially in uh, sci-fi books. Yes. There yeah. are some really hilarious ones. Um, if you have any spare time, if you just need a laugh. And then when they're on your shelf, you don't see the covers anyway. You just see the spines. No, yeah, so, you just see the spines. So it's not like, you know, if you love a book and you don't like the cover, it's really changes it um we could put a montage of um favorite terrible book covers oh on the yeah website so we like should yeah. favorite terrible book covers <laughs> make a note i've got a few now um from my uh from my searching <laughs> <laughs> book covers for myself it went down the road they couldn't get it back sometimes some of them some of them i'm afraid to search for again i found them by accident but i don't want i don't necessarily want my google search history to include those words yeah so um yeah yeah i understand yeah. that but we should definitely we'll, we'll do it if you have out there have some favorite terrible book covers please um send them into yes, send, us send those our way <laughs> thanks for listening to all of that that went on for a bit longer than we thought it would <laughs> you made it through <laughs> <laughs> well done and um, you can find stuff about us on uh, irishwriterspodcast.com uh as i mentioned my book after the world will be out on the 8th of may and you should be able to buy that in various places but you can get updates on that on my website marabrophy.com um we're on twitter we're on facebook you know mm. those kind of places yeah. um so yeah uh, we'll we'll catch you again soon yep thanks, thanks. for listening bye bye